The Lady Rebels beat Utah State 86 to 32. Nine Let's points at halftime for, for the Aggies. For I'm going to give you. Aggies. I'm going to give you three points. stats. Which one's most impressive? Lady Rebels had a 23 to two lead at the end of the first quarter. Whew. Lady Rebels had a 48 to nine lead at halftime. Or Essence Booker had a double double without scoring any points. I'm going to say because Utah State is so horrid, it's Essence Booker. I think Correct. So That's badass. <laughs> we got rebounds and assists. Yep. Let's yep. go. Yep. Double double awesome. without scoring a single point. What's What would be better? They're blowing Utah State out. That's not a contest. What's better? Her having a double double without scoring points, or should they have tried to get her 10 points in the fourth quarter so she could have had a triple double? Oh. Get the W. Team win. But the, the way, yeah, it was it 23 was, to 2. Just get the We're not going to deviate <laughs> course to make sure somebody gets yeah. an individual stat box check. That's not going to be Lindy LaRock style. The game Integrity, was, Tyler. The game was over before it started, Lindsay. Yes. <laughs> Utah State's just If it happens organically, horrible. great. And if it doesn't, you still kicked ass. They are 26 and 2. They are 16 and 0 in the Mountain West. There are two games left in the regular season for them to try to complete a perfect Mountain West record. They host San Diego State. San Diego State is one of the good teams in the conference. And then they go to Nevada. Nevada is one of the bottom half teams. They're not as bad as Utah State, but they're one of the bottom half teams. So most likely if they could beat San Diego State at home in their next game, they'll be 18 and 0. We talked about it. Really, really good shot at being 18 and 0. And as we have said, if they are 18 and 0, if they are, that would put them at 28 and 2 going into the Mountain West tournament. They'll probably be in the NCAA tournament without having to win the Mountain West tournament, which is where they need to be because it would suck. The it would massively suck to have this season and then lose the Mountain West championship game and not get in and miss. Like that would just be brutal. But I think if they win their next two, they're probably going to be safe. I'm sorry, I don't know who's on the women's committee, but whoever's on the women's committee, you could not sit there. And say this team is, let's say they, well, let's say they lose in the conference tournament final, they'd be 30 and 30 two. and three. Would 30 be their th- 33 if they lost. Yeah. And they went undefeated in their league, no matter who, what league it is, and not get in. They would get in. Yeah. I Might have, be a 13 seed, but I think they'd but be they'd in. But they'd get too. in. You sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? All right. Dennis Dodd tweeted out this quote from Arizona State's athletic director, Ray Anderson, talking about the Pac 12's uh, media rights deal. It may not be the projections originally contemplated, but it will be solid enough financial situation to keep this conference together. All streaming? It certainly sounds like they're going to be Apple TV or something like that where it's all streaming. When the Arizona State Athletic Director says it'll be solid enough financially to keep the conference together, does that mean anything to you? Not because, if the Big Ten comes and, call, and calls Washington well, and Oregon. regardless of what it is, the Big Ten can take whoever they want. Right. But for Washington and Oregon, do they view solid enough financially the same way Arizona State does? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. And that's why I think this is an interesting quote, because it's not from the AD that's in a position to lead the conference. To lead it? To leave. No, he's not. Arizona State's not not the one that's leaving. It's Washington and Oregon. Washington and Oregon. And so when the Arizona State AD says, oh, this is good enough financially. Well, maybe for him. Right. But if you're Washington and Oregon and you get, obviously if the Big Ten does, but if like the Big 12 came and asked for Washington and Oregon, 
They I'm, might leave depending on what this deal actually looks like. Kind of wondering what the deal is looking like because some of these streaming services are going under or like you know having serious financial problems. So I I can't wait to see. Apple's what safe. Each... <laughs> Apple is. Apple's definitely safe. We've got more money on hand than the U.S. government. I mean, is it three thirty? It's not going to be as much as the others. No, it's not, not going to be as much as the others. They're going to be the poorest power conference in Without terms question, of in media terms of how much deal. money they give each school. Yeah. And I saw it might have been Dennis Dodd. I saw somebody else tweet or write a story about like with UCLA and USC leaving, what exactly is the Pac-12 selling to a television network or a streaming service? Like what games are you selling? Like you're selling your best games are Oregon, Oregon, Utah. Like that's it. Right. Outs and how much interest is there? You know who they're selling? Yeah. Coach Prime. Deion Sanders. They're selling the game, not the brands. <laughs> That's Coach what Prime. it is. Yep. So it's just like the Pac-12 is not as good as the other conferences. If no. you just look at a what games, what teams are we able to sell to a TV network or Apple TV, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just not as intriguing and not going to carry the same. It's not going to carry audience. the same weight. Saying, "Hey, we're about to bring on San Diego State and SMU." No, and those aren't going to be. Those I aren't going to move the needle. It'll give you markets, but it's not going to be a massive upgrade for the Pac-12. No. So they're kind of in a tough spot, but they'll survive. I, I think the Pac-12 ultimately survives. I don't think they're going to end up dying off, but I think. Uh, They'll just be the. They'll be the fifth, lowest of the yeah. Power Five. They'll be the fifth best Power Conference, which is which better once than USC being, and UCLA leaves. They are anyway. Yeah, which is, but that's still better than being the best group of group five. five sure. Because you're a bargain bin team doesn't mean you can't have style. Yeah, it's a good question. Is that about Oregon? It's just about the Pac-12 <laughs> in general. Uh, Ty Lu gave this quote, head coach of the Clippers: "We want Russ to be Russ. If he's doing too much or not enough, we'll let him know." We want him to be the MVP, the Hall of Famer that he is. He's excited. He just wants to win. Why do you want this guy to be this guy that he was with the Lakers? That wasn't MVP Hall of Fame caliber Russell Westbrook. He's still taking the shots that Hall of Fame Russell yeah, was taking. Exactly. Yeah, but he's off the bench though, right? Uh, the second half of his stint he was. Yeah. But that was a, that he's was in a, a pain He's in a start for these guys. I wasn't shocked when he wasn't an all-star performer uh, on a night-by-night basis when everybody literally tells him each day, we don't want you here with the Lakers. They shouldn't. They shouldn't want him? No. Well, even if that's that's true, you don't need to tell him. You're not doing anybody any favors. Clearly doesn't motivate him. Is, do you think Ty Lue is saying that, and it's just, when he says we want him to be the MVP, the Hall of Famer that he is, do you think he's saying that just as like, yeah, we got Russell Westbrook. He's a great player. I'm going to hype him up yeah. when I talk to the media. Or do you think that's the actual conversation they're having with him? Well, I think that's the actual conversation they're having with him. But, you know, uh, he and Lawrence Frank met with him about two weeks ago, and they said that they explained to him what his role would be. This is, is this uh, your first ballot Hall of Famer, Derek? No, I think Russell, Russell Westbrook <laughs> no, is a legitimate. He, oh, he's absolutely. A of, he's a, he's yeah. a legitimate Hall of Famer, but 100%. you know what I mean? Like pumping him up to where, hey, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going yeah. to be this for us. But I like the, you know, doing too much because I think they're going to have to have that conversation at some point. Because Zach Lowe, who works for ESPN, talked about this yesterday. And he was like, if, if your plan is for Westbrook to be the MVP caliber player that he once was, that means the ball is in his hand. But basically every possession. 
And not in Kawhi's hand. Right. And that was the big point, that you're taking it out of Kawhi Leonard's hands, you're taking it out of Paul George's hands, and those two are significantly better than what Russell Westbrook is. Right. And <laughs> the other point that uh, Zach Lowe made was, and if the ball's not in his hands, he's not much of an off-ball player simply because he's not a shooter, right? right? When you get to the... When the Clippers are in the postseason and Russell Westbrook is on the floor with Leonard or Paul George, some, they're not guarding him. Like, they're, you're just not... If he's on the three-point line, you're not guarding him. Like, because he's not... If he catches and shoots a three, that's a win for you defensively. And so... They're, they have roughly 22, five games, something like that, before the season ends. They've got a lot to figure out how this fits if they plan to play him a lot. If, right. they're, if their plan is come off the bench, lead the bench unit, you know, for five minutes at a time in the second quarter and the third or whatever, that's, that's fine. But if their plan is to, hey, you're on the floor, you're a big part of the offense with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they got 20-something games to figure out well, how to make that work. Come off and play when Kawhi and Paul sit the first however minutes of uh, each quarter. They play the first four, They play the first quarter fully usually, and they, they take their break at the beginning of the second quarter. Let them play then. Which would make the most sense, and I wonder if that's... Like, if they do that, it probably works Better fairly than it well. would if he's on the floor. Yeah, yeah. go out and attack. That's what yeah. you're telling me, because that's what he is best at when he is at his best. Valid question, for sure. Jeff Bezos hired an investment firm to advise him on bidding on the commanders. I don't want Did to he? tell people how to spend their money. Why wouldn't he just buy yeah. them? If he wanted to. Why he, would he spend money to get advice on buying the commanders rather than just, just hey, I'm going to buy the money and I'll Isn't buy this firm pretty well-versed in the acquisition process in these big in they, these teams? They've done that in the last yes, couple of teams. they've helped other people buy Maybe, NFL maybe just maybe the Bezos is saying, I don't know everything. Maybe I should bring somebody in that no, has done this, but just you're it. right. Just buy the team. You're right. That's not the Bezos style. Just buy the team. That's what I would do. Get the money. What does he need? <laughs> you buy the team and then you hire the guy to tell you how to yeah. run the team. Unless he doesn't want to buy an NFL team. He does. So just he buy want, it. He wants to be in the, the drinking parties with the bros. Yeah, for sure. Just buy it. That's what I would do. Is Jeff Bezos going to go to NFL owner meetings? Yeah. Oh. Walking out with Davis hand in hand. Does he show up in one of the new Amazon vans that have weird, all the trucks look weirdly friendly? <laughs> they good, do. That is a good way to put it. Uh, have you heard them backing up? No. Oh, they have a very, It's you know, a different beat. Wait, oh, yeah, the yeah, new, yeah. The new trucks? The, so Amazon yeah. has, like Lindsay said, friendly It looks like looking. they're made in Whoville. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they look nice. Um, but when they back up, it's not just a standard beep, beep, beep. It's like a weird, I don't even know how to Get out the it. way. Like Get out whale, the way. Like a whale. There's it, kind of like a clicking. And oh. it's it's weird because the first time I heard one in my neighborhood, I was like, what the hell is that? The like dolphins I was, talking? I was sitting in my house and I heard it from outside and I was like, what the hell's going on out there? And eventually, when I was walking my dog one day, I saw one and heard it and I was like, oh, wow, that's the Amazon thing. Huh. Very weird. Yeah. I don't shop at the for the Bezos. He doesn't need my money for his rocket ship, so I haven't heard oh, the sound. Man. It's rocket I ships. had to be told many times at the house to stop clicking. It's really easy, Ed. You so just easy. don't sign up. It's so easy to go. Don't even need click. that membership. You, go you that just gotta climb. go out a little bit no. out of your day, out of your way to get the things you need instead of having it conveniently dropped at your front if, door. If, if I could click for moose tracks. Oh, I'd be, I'd I wouldn't be trust clicking. it. It's going to melt. I'd be clicking all What day. am I going to do? They, put an ice box outside they'd my door? Uh, there's no way. What are they? Order a Yeti cooler. It would be this would go great with a Yeti cooler, and I just spent $400 yeah. for one Moose Tracks experience. It would be horrible, slightly melted. 
eh. I like that. Don't for you get McFlurries. that little sauce and the I little do, with the chocolate? I do, but when it's when it's your your at home ice cream, it's not the same um, juice. Let's just say that. It, it, but then if you get it outside, yeah, no, no, because it's. No. I, I think it's like a warm liquid. I don't like that. I'd rather it be cold. You can buy Ben and Jerry's off Amazon. Okay, oh, so there's an ability for them to pack it up. Yeah. I think it's like a same oh, day They even got into Vermont. I'm shocked. They got into Vermont. <laughs> they would never go with a giant corporation like that. I know how they run things out there for the trees and uh, freedom of everything. Are we going to the break? No, no, one oh, more. One, one more. more. <laughs> we got to get to a very important me, um, This is a tweet from Benjamin Albright, and you got to tell me if you believe this is to be true. While the quarterback carousel this offseason figures to be the talk for about four or five teams, it appears like the Buccaneers want to roll with Kyle Trask and the possibility of bringing in a low-cost veteran like Drew Locke. Going on with Tampa Bay now. Oh God, Drew Locke. <laughs> where's Where's Derek Carr in this situation? Oh man. Why? In all seriousness, why would Tampa not be interested in Derek, Derek Carr? Carr? Oh, they if this definitely is, If are. this is their plan, yeah. Like, why would you not at least have a meeting with Derek Carr and be like, "Hey, what did the Jets offer you?" Right. Right. And it's like, okay, that's a lot. We don't think you're yeah. that good. We don't Especially think you're the first NFC, too. Right. Yep. If, the, if the Bucks got Derek Carr, they're the favorites to win their division. Absolutely. Hard to argue. And so I, if the Bucks go with Kyle Trask and maybe Drew Locke in a quarterback battle. They're not the favorites to win the division. Right. I, that's a bizarre, I don't know, maybe there's something else. Maybe they're like Dave Ziegler and they're like, we don't need an immediate answer this year. <laughs> Drew, Drew Locke, Locke is, is our answer for now. <laughs> but... That that's just a bizarre way to look at it. When again, Derek Carr's there, and again, have a meeting with him. Maybe he's too expensive for you, but at least I think you'd at least Why wouldn't be you call him in. I don't know. Do they think Kyle Trask is good? Apparently, maybe they're looking at the division and say we don't need to spend a bunch of money on a quarterback to win it. We can do it anyways because Frank Reich is saying he might go with Jacob Eason as his quarterback in Carolina, and we can win that. All right, coming up next year on ESPN Las Vegas, UNLV takes on Air Force tonight. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Oppo has it knocked away by Harkless, stolen by Gilbert. Gilbert down the right side. Gilbert underneath. Gilbert lays it up and in and a foul on Oppo. Great play, Keyshawn Gilbert. This is the Press Box. UNLV's back in action tonight. They start at uh, 6.30, by the way. You can hear the game right here on ESPN Las Vegas. They take on Air Force. Um, I have a pessimistic question for you. <laughs> Shocking. Here's a shock. Shock, shock. Does this game matter at all? The pessimist might say, yes, it matters. Because you think they so? Might, they might play in the first round of the Mountain West Tournament, and do you want to lose to them on your home floor where you might play them in the first round? It probably doesn't matter in the least. I don't think, honestly, I don't think it matters at all for UNLV for Kevin Kruger. Like when we look back and evaluate this season and evaluate the job that, that Kevin Kruger has done, it's not going to matter at this point if they lose or win this game against Air Force because they, they're five and ten in the Mountain West. So if they win this game, congratulations, you're five and eleven, and congratulations, you beat Air Force on your home court. Right? That's six and ten. We're not. We're not doing it. That's not doing anything for anybody. Nobody's going to say, oh, great job. And even if you lose it, it's not really a good look, right? You're at home. Air Force isn't that good. But 
even if you lose it, you've kind of already cemented that the, the Mountain West play was a massive disappointment. And losing one more to Air Force isn't really going to change that. So I don't think the, the win-loss tonight is super important for UNLV. What I think is more important is similar to what we talked about yesterday. You got to know who the hell you're going to play when you're in the Mountain West tournament. Yeah. Who's your line? What's who's your, your lineup, lineup going to be? And the problem is that UNLV is likely, according to Mike Gramala, they're likely to be without uh, Luis Rodriguez and Eli Parquet again tonight. tonight. So that'll be two games in a row. They don't have either one of them. Uh, Shane Noel played more in the last game without them. Justin Webster's played 32 minutes in each of the last two games as well. So you're going to get a couple guys more minutes than probably you'd normally give them. But it makes it a little bit harder to figure out what your best lineup is when two guys that'll probably be back for the Mountain West tournament aren't out there. But I think that's the more important part of this is who who do you want to have on the floor when you start the Mountain West tournament? Because the only thing that's going to matter at this point in terms of evaluating this season is what did you do in the Mountain West tournament? And if here's the thing. If they play Air Force in the first round of the Mountain West tournament, which right now they'd be the 8-9 matchup, and you lose that one, that one matters because that's the sure, Mountain West tournament. Absolutely. And that's what that's the, that's only, the only thing at this point right. that does matter. And if you win that one, we're not crowning you or anything, but good job. You moved on you to, move the on to the second round. One. Here's San Diego State or Nevada or Boise State, whoever wins the conference. So this one, I just don't think it has a, the, the win loss at the end of the day doesn't have really a big uh, impact. Now there's things that'll probably happen in the game that matter towards the Mountain West tournament and figuring out who you want to play and all that. But win loss wise, I don't. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I I can buy into that. I mean, it doesn't. If what what's five and ten or six and eleven? Now I will say, for us, Ed, for us, we kind of need a loss here for you and LV. Well, again, we're, we need the eight seed. <laughs> we're we're cheering for something completely different. We want them in the eight nine matchup. Want them in the early noon game. Um, if, if so, here's here's the situation. They technically can still catch New Mexico and San Jose State, who are five and six, but very unlikely at this point they would do that. The real key is looking at Fresno State. Fresno State is currently the seven seed. UNLV is a half game behind Fresno State. but And they've lost the tiebreaker. Fresno State has the tiebreaker. So if UNLV finishes tied with Fresno State, Fresno, Fresno State a higher seed. is the higher seed. Fresno State has two games left, though, and it's Nevada Reno, and New Mexico. So there's a really good chance Fresno State is going six and twelve in the Mountain West. UNLV's five and ten. They play Air Force, Utah State, and Nevada. If they win two of those, they're probably the seventh. The seventh seed, which would mean a late night tip off instead of the early tip off. So we would really benefit from a loss to Air Force here. <laughs> and it's really all about us. It is 100. It's really not about anybody. Else. I, well, I, I clarified why it doesn't matter for the team. So exactly. what is important? Us. <laughs> We now, need the 8-9 and then the one seed at noon. Now, let me tell you this too, though. There is a chance UNLV could fall all the way to the 10 seed, which would suck because they play the late game just like the 7 seed does because Colorado State's 4-11. So if UNLV loses tonight, they fall behind Air Force. They're the 9 seed, which is fine. But then Colorado State could potentially catch them, which would not be fun because then we're in the same predicament as if they were the seventh seed. Need the eight or nine. So, yeah, maybe maybe a win tonight and losses against Utah State and Nevada. That might be the best outcome for us. Interesting game, Fresno State hosting Nevada. Fresno State's a weird team at home. They've they, beaten UNLV they, and, uh, and New, Mexico. New Mexico at home. Yeah, 
Uh, did they beat? Did they beat? No, that was San Jose State. Oh, San Jose State. I'm saying someone beat Utah State that shouldn't have, um, or essentially shouldn't have. Uh, Fresno State, Nevada is interesting because it's in Fresno. Um, but you're right. Fresno State probably loses the last two, Nevada yeah. and Mexico, which gives them six and twelve. The key, I mean, look, I think UNLV wins tonight. The key for UNLV is Utah State at home. Yeah. Now, I will tell you what does matter tonight, not for our uh, own personal lives and scheduling, but what does matter. I think the key for UNLV in the Mountain West tournament is Keyshawn Gilbert. UNLV has its primary scorer in EJ Harkless. But who's, who's the second best player on this team? Who's the, Who is it? I honestly don't know, right? No idea who it is. It needs to be Keyshawn Gilbert, though, right? That's who it needs to be. When they were 10-0, and 0, when they started the year playing well, Harkless was the volume guy, and Keyshawn Gilbert was an extremely efficient number mm-hmm. two option. Keyshawn Gilbert was taking only like eight shots a game, it felt like, but was scoring 14, 15 points because he was extremely efficient. efficient. They need that back. They need the guy who can take, who can go six of nine from the floor and score 17 yeah. points in yeah. a game. They're going to need that in the Mountain West tournament. The last game they just played, Keyshawn Gilbert got benched because he had five, he had five turnovers. turnovers. Right, he was bad, and he has had a lot of games where he has been that bad. And if that's if that's the Keyshawn Gilbert they get, they're probably losing in the first round of the Mountain West tournament. But if they can get the good Keyshawn Gilbert we saw at the beginning of the year. They could win games. That's how they upset teams, and that's how they, they go on a run. They could beat anybody. Right. That's how they go on a run. But the problem is they can lose to anybody, and we've seen it. And if Keyshawn Gilbert doesn't play well, they've got a really good shot to lose to anybody. Right. So I think these last three games, the most important thing I'm watching for, aside from Kevin Kruger's lineups, is what does Keyshawn Gilbert look like? Because he's the guy with the high ceiling, low floor, that if you get the high ceiling guy, you've got two legitimate, two legitimately good players in Harkless and Gilbert that can win you Mountain West tournament games. So Gilbert's any good. They've got a shot. If he's five turnover Gilbert and getting benched, yeah, they're probably going out in the first round. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Gilbert Manzano joins the show. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Five letters here. Just for everybody out there in Packerland and yourself today. R E L A X. Relax. We're going to be okay. This is the press box. Joining us now, Gilbert Manzano, now writing about the NFL for SI Now and the Monday Morning Quarterback. Good morning, Gilbert. Hey, Gil. Hey, how's it going? That's uh, a nice little, uh, I guess, new title for me. It's yeah. pretty cool to hear. Yeah, All right. Congratulations on Absolutely. the new job. Big move. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, a little surreal. It's been a, about a week and a half. You know, it's, it's always weird starting a new job during the off season. I guess the real one after the Super Bowl. But when you got guys uh, like Rogers going on a retreat <laughs> away from uh, civilization, uh, it keeps you busy. All right, let, let's start there with Aaron Rodgers because you did write a story about potential uh, trade packages that teams could offer to Green Bay for Rodgers. And the one you wrote for the Raiders was to send first-round pick this year's number 7 overall along with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller to Green Bay. Uh, why was that sort of the package you came up with to send to the Packers for Rodgers? 
Yeah. Uh, first of all, I don't think anybody liked any of my trade proposals that I had in the story, <laughs> but, 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 but that's okay. And, and I honestly thought I was being a, maybe, maybe I, I thought Packer fans would get mad because, you know, when quarterbacks get traded, it's always like two first round picks and just kind of judging off of recent history, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford. And I get Rogers a little older, but he's still better than those quarterbacks. So I thought maybe, you know, maybe it was an easy trade for both sides, but I guess I still messed that up. And, you know, I'll, I'll start with, yeah, with the Raiders proposal there. And the reason why it's doing uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, it just, you know, it doesn't seem like it, it's working there with the Raiders. So, you know, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, maybe they want to just get rid of those guys. They gave them new contracts last year, I think it was, which is weird. And they just never fit for whatever reason. They're really good players, but maybe, you know, some, it's kind of like those NBA uh, uh, trades where you just get rid of players to get rid of the contract and, you know, the Packers, if they get rid of Rodgers, they have some flexibility with the cap space. So I just thought that would make sense. And then, uh, yeah, the number seven overall pick in the first round, it is a little pricey. But, again, it's the quarterback position. I feel like, you know, when you want to get a quarterback, a good quarterback, you've got to give up a first-round pick. And, I, again, I thought that maybe one is enough and or maybe it was too much for an older quarterback. And I think somebody was talking to me that when Brett Favre got traded, you know, whatever it was, 2008, it was a third-round pick. But that was such a long time ago but they were in similar situations in their careers in the back end of the career. And I know Rogers coming off a down season, but still if, if, if he had something left there, uh, like we saw with Tom Brady it's definitely worth the first round pick. Gilbert, uh, what about on the uh, flip side of that? What are the odds you think he just stays where he's at? And all of this is once again, Aaron Rodgers going into the darkness, coming out and just staying where he is and, you know, just keeping in green Bay. Yeah, the, the, the more this drags on, Ed, the more I see that being a, a, a possibility. It's funny because, you know, when I got the story assigned during my first week, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, he, he'll make a decision soon, and it'll be perfect timing. Like, the other story I had was a, the Derek Carr story, and we timed it perfectly. Okay, he's going to get released, and that was pretty obvious. You knew the date, the deadline was like a Tuesday, and he would drop a story for where he could go now. And where Rogers, we've just been waiting. Okay, when should we just drop this story? And it's kind of like, okay, whatever, you know what? Uh, we don't even know what he's going to come out of this re- retreat. And, and funny that I think I posted my story an hour before the report emerged of him leaving the darkness. So uh, you try to time these stories perfectly. But again, it's just, it's a lot of waiting and seeing. And, and, and the other side too, Ed, the more I think about it, like I think it could be a high possibility he stays with the Packers. Maybe the Packers are not happy with that because eventually you want just to start the Jordan Love era. You, you, you spent a first round pick on Jordan Love. You got to see this guy play eventually. You got to pick up his fifth-year option, I think, later this year. And we haven't seen much of Jordan Love, but you know, with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, the more I think about it, like how many teams are really out there that want to wait for him and then you know give up some trade capital and then also give up a big chunk of their cap space. And also, too, like it's, I won't get too much on the contract because contracts are complicated, especially Aaron Rodgers, but. I think there's like another option you could pick up for the following year, and you have you get some cap space uh, a relief there. So if, if that might not be an issue for some team, but you still have to make a trade. And, and and how many teams are out there? And the bad thing for Rodgers is a lot of teams got burned in previous years by veteran quarterbacks. Yeah, they're not named Aaron Rodgers, but there's a, like a Carson Wentz or a Matt Ryan. I'm talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Like these teams that just you know went the veteran route and and don't want to do it again. Like the Commanders might not want to do it again. Uh, the Colts won't. It seems like they won't. They don't want to do it again. So, if you got burned by a veteran, you're going the rookie quarterback route, and the rookie quarterback is much cheaper. How many teams will be out there really for Aaron Rodgers? That's why this list was kind of tough. Like the, the, the I put the Giants and the Seahawks, and I'm like, yeah, just for fun. I like to fit there, but 
are they really going to go chase uh, Rodgers when they can have something cheaper and maybe Geno Smith and Daniel Jones won't be cheap anymore, but uh, you can see how he goes with him. But maybe the Titans because they free up some space, but again, uh, they might just want to just shed some bad, some, uh, bad contracts. So if you're, if you're Rodgers and you're taking too long and nobody you know, is waiting for you, I guess you just go back to the Packers. Gilbert Manzano with us. So uh, on Derek Carr, where do you think he ends up? Yeah, it's, it's looking like it's the New York Jets because supposedly somebody said that if he goes to the Jets, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Of course. You don't uh, believe so, that? Come on, Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, so I guess if you're Derek Carr and you hear that, you're like, you know what? I'll, sign me up. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. So, But it hasn't happened for some reason. I think that reason is the whole Aaron Rodgers uh, waiting game there. And, and, and I think if you're the Jets, you're probably asking yourself, okay, do you want to keep waiting and then also make a trade? for Aaron Rodgers and also absorb that massive contract. He's, he's owed $60 million this year, so it's big. I'm, like, I'm guessing people in New York could afford that. Uh, but at some point, you're probably thinking, you know what? Derek Carr's right here. He's the second-best quarterback available. He's here right now. I don't know if he wants to go there, but say he's saying, hey, you know what? Just make me an offer. I'll go get the money right. I could definitely see that because, you know, I like what the Jets did. Like, uh, if you had Derek Carr a year ago, they wouldn't have a six-game losing streak and a late-season collapse, and they will be probably a playoff team. And they have a nice roster. Injuries really hurt them. You know, with Brees Hall, uh, they have a nice receiver and Garrett Wilson and a good defense. So it just makes a lot of sense for me. I don't know if they become instant Super Bowl contenders. I don't know about that, but at least I think they'll be playoff contenders. Uh, the whole safe situation was weird because I, I think if you keep the guys there, but you know, like a Michael Thomas and an Alvin Kamara. Uh, we all saw the, the Alvin Kamara video, so maybe he might not be around. And then the Michael Thomas contract, he might get cut because you want to pay Derek Carr, and then it just becomes a very depleted roster. But the Saints showed some kind of interest. They could always go back and say, hey, Derek Carr, you know, this is the money we have. You don't really have any options. Aaron Rodgers took the job you wanted. How about we try it here? So, again, another situation where like, these teams that got burned by veterans in previous years are going the younger route. How many teams are really out there uh, willing to spend money on, on, on Derek Carr? Like, is, is it thirty plus million dollars for the year? Is it a one year contract? Uh, we don't know. What do you think happens with Lamar Jackson? Do they tag him uh, and and then try to do something with him and make him mad by tagging him? You know what? I, I think they, they'll, they'll definitely tag him for sure, and I think they'll figure out. You know, this guy's just too good. We got to keep Lamar Jackson. You know, it, it's it's rare where you. you Maybe nowadays the NFL is more, it's much more movements, but quarterbacks are that good. You, you keep, and I know some people are mixed on Lamar Jackson. I'm not. I think this guy is an all-around uh, threat. He's, he's one of the, uh, uh, the best weapons of the NFL, like as a passer, as, as a runner. I, I think he's you know underrated as, as a thrower. Uh, so I, I think maybe the, the Ravens are getting annoyed with the contract demands, and, and, and the weird thing is that nobody wants to meet the, the Sean Watson contract, like the Browns messed it up for everybody. And all, all the owners are probably saying, you know what, let's not keep that as a, as a, as a norm here and just stand your ground and, and good for Lamar Jackson. You know, he, like he, he, like let's put it this way. He's a better quarterback than the Sean Watson, at least right now. So he should get more than that. And again, the quarterback position is the best and the most important in the NFL. So why not just guarantee the contract? And so I, I don't know what's going on there with the whole demands, but I think of, of, of Lamar Jackson just standing his ground. I think eventually he'll get it and, and to work out. Uh, but but who knows? You never know. You know, teams get very impatient, and you know. But which team out there wants to give up two first round picks or even more? Because 
I think Lamar Jackson probably in a trade gets more than whatever you know the Seahawks and the Lions got in the Stafford and Wilson trades. If the Ravens decide we're not giving him a fully guaranteed deal and, hey, we'll trade him, do you think there's another NFL team that would be willing to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract? Yeah, you know, so, you know, I'm, I got to start doing more research because I, I got I to, gotta, you know, go from being a beat reporter to taking care of all 32 teams and talking to people. So I don't want to feed too much rumors yet without talking to people. But, you know, the one that just makes too much sense, I feel like the commanders. And I, I know the commanders have gotten burned by veteran quarterbacks, but this is not a, like a journeyman. He's a young quarterback, a star in the NFL. And they just got Eric Bieniemy. So, uh, but I know the whole ownership thing might be weird, and it's just kind of like maybe like the, like the rumor you're seeing that the commanders are a perfect fit. But I, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Uh, but I I don't know. I, I think if you're a team like say if you're if you're really wait, waiting to uh, wait on the Jets, like maybe the Jets, sorry, on the Rogers like the Jets, then maybe you're the team that's willing to spend some some capital to get Lamar Jackson, and you're really hoping to get a star quarterback. So, you know. Yeah, the whole you know going for like the for the veteran quarterbacks, taking a chance on a rookie, those are always a gamble. But with Lamar Jackson, he's in his prime. You know what you get from him. I think he's definitely worth the risk to, for a couple of first round picks. Uh, again, I don't know what the package would be, something crazy like that. Uh, the only issue with Lamar Jackson is the durability, and you know if, if you keep playing the way that he that he plays, you know he's bound to miss a few games a season and. And that really hurt them last year. But again, I think part of it is more like it was a business decision for him not to come back so soon. And he's taken so many hits for the Ravens. But for being kind of a smaller, uh, like like a, like a stature person, he, he doesn't miss that many games, and especially for all the hits that he takes. So that's kind of the downside. But I think if you're a team that needs a quarterback, I guess like the Raiders, you definitely make an effort and you go all in for him. Well, he is Gilbert Manzano, now with SI Now and the Monday Morning Quarterback. Gilbert, we appreciate your time Thanks, this Gilbert. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you, Adam Tyler. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. So, again, there's Gilbert Manzano. Follow him on Twitter at GManzano24 on the NFL. We got tickets to give away if you want to go to the NIT. Call in now, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. Be caller number eight. You'll win uh, four-pack of tickets to go to the semis of the NIT, which is here in Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Caller eight, you're going to the NIT right now at 702-364-1100. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Based on everything I've heard, it was like all the teams that were in the postseason that year were like doing the same so I think that's also kind of why, like, the players, like, kind of had that, like, half-apology energy when they were, like, apologizing all this stuff because they probably knew, like, man, like, we got caught. Like, everyone's kind of doing this stuff. This is the Press Box. Later in the show, we're giving away tickets to go to the Mountain West Tournament, so stay tuned for that. Lindsey Brown is in studio today. Lucky ducks. How would you feel about a list that said Wisconsin was the eighth best state in the country. Mm, have to question legitimacy. Might need a birth certificate on that one. But you agree Madison's a great town. Madison, I had a great time in my one weekend in Madison. Um, we got our asses kicked in hockey, but I was able to assemble my Kesha Halloween costume. Not for a, a cheap number, but they had some great thrift stores. <laughs> Madison's a great town. Yeah. Great college town. Yeah, my cousin went there, went to... Oh, he didn't go to med school there, but he went to the school before the med school there. Oh, you have family that I, went to Wisconsin. It's They're misguided. 
And while they are helping the world, <laughs> helping the, the veterans of our country and, and their uh, road to recovery, we still question a lot of their decisions just based off of that one. So the list that you said has no legitimacy because it has Wisconsin as the eighth best state actually has Minnesota as the second best state. I just I, to have anybody ahead of us just seems a little <laughs> bit off. Washington. I, how? How? The, the taxes there. I can't. <laughs> the Bezos lives there. I cannot. No, no, you can't. There's right. no way. So this is uh, from the website worldpopulationreview.com. I'm going to list to you guys the ten, <laughs> top 10 states according to this website to live in. Okay. You guys just give me a yes or no each state on if that you, would, you, would, if you would want to live there. Okay. Sure. Number one, Washington. Yes. Sure. Yes. I'd live there too. Number two, Minnesota. Obviously. I would say no because of the weather. Probably pass. Number three, Utah. No. No. Yeah, I don't think I'd live there either. Uh, number four, New Hampshire. Yes. No. Great time. I've never been. No, no. idea. If it's live a- free or die. You don't have to wear seatbelts. No. Oh, they don't have that law? No. All live right. free or die, baby. Number five, Idaho. Yes. I would live in Boise. But nowhere else. <laughs> Are there mountains in there? Yeah. Okay, good. That's all I want. Number six, Nebraska. No. No. The worst state to drive across, bar none. Is it worse than Kansas? They're kind of the same, Kansas and Nebraska. Because Kansas was the Kansas was the funniest one that I drove through because there's there's nothing. Right. Except- At least it's symmetrical. <laughs> True. <laughs> you don't like panhandle, that's the I problem. Just, I went nose to tip in Nebraska and it was the worst. Kansas was funny because you drive through Kansas and there there's literally nothing. There's some of those wind turbines. Yes. But you come across the random house on the million acres of yes. farmland. Yes. And every single house, you can't actually see the house because they have planted trees surrounding them yeah. to block the wind. Do you ever, <laughs> in those situations, because this just doesn't happen in Kansas. First of all, I had a buddy who wrote a book doing this. He went across the country and walked up to houses like that to see who they were. Yeah. And what Genius. you know, how they lived out in the middle of nowhere, and they, he got some great, he got some great stories. Out he's going to get oh, oh, murdered, oh. Lindsay. Well, it's just like if you're looking for an angle on something that's uniquely <laughs> American. Yeah, like, don't and, you yeah. drive by those and just? I always what, wonder. Yeah, who what are type they? of people live here? I mean, you were so far away from anything. Yep. Like who lives there? And he he wandered the country. I mean, you know, it didn't sell much, but I mean, it was had, had a. <laughs> I hope I, mean, I can know, become I mean, secure enough where I can up, follow. Came up with some interesting like stories yeah, about absolutely. their background and who they were and yeah. living out. There's in the a reason of why they're out yes, there. Yes, exactly. Yep. Number seven on the list, Virginia. I live in Virginia. It's I... expensive. No. I've been to D.C. I think I technically was yeah. in Virginia at one Virginia. point, but yeah, yeah. at some point D.C. is different than Virginia. I don't actually know much of Virginia, so I don't have an answer to that. Um, number eight, Wisconsin. No, I, I live in Madison. No, I lived in Wisconsin. When I, I live was like over two years Mo- old. in Milwaukee over Madison. Number nine, Massachusetts. No freaking way! No. Absolutely no. not! Absolutely not! I'd probably live there. I mean, I've lived there, but it's not. It's, it's okay. Never been, but you're taking your life in your right? hands every time you drive. So Boston? I guess it's not, not different. No, I've never, you, never been to Boston. Oh the my Northeast God. is a very untraveled part. For we me. should do uh, like a Lotus Broadcasting road trip, and we go to Boston. We're and driving just, to Boston? No, we're not driving. Certainly not. But we should go to Boston, and I'll just get you absolutely hammered in America's original place. Sounds Did fun. you? You have then walked down the steps to Cheers. Oh yeah, I yeah. want Faneuil, Faneuil Hall. Yes, puked yes. in many many a trash can outside of Sissy K's, <laughs> yeah. which is just around the corner. Okay, I right. I'm a huge fan. The people are yeah. awful, but didn't you just th- say no? 
What do you mean no? To living there. Yeah, but I, it, if I had to be forced, I went to college out you there. Say, I know. I know how to. Say you got a lot of great memories. I there, do have a lot of great memories, but I don't want to live there. Okay. Uh, number ten on the list, Florida. No. It, this list is not no. good. Not true. I don't think it's good. I, at all. I don't know how Florida can be in the top ten of anything except being a, an S show. Um, where's would, the lovely state of Nevada? Uh, it only this was only a top ten. Oh, it's only top ten. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to be very. We're eleven, Ed, for sure. No. We're for sure eleven. I don't think we're. They they have a fun little graph here. We are in the bottom twenty, not the bottom ten though, which is good. Um, I'd love to live back in the main streets of Laguna Beach. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was tough. Can't stay out uh, too late there. <laughs> no, you never no, know what kind of trouble you're gonna get into. This, can't watch those. Oh, streets. I saw those protests the... outside the Baskin Robbins. It was looking pretty <laughs> testy out there. We did have a Baskin Robbins. I know. It was one of those national photos when everybody was protesting. We had a Baskin the, Robbins. Yeah, and you yes. have these white women outside of the Baskin Robbins. Yes. We deserve to be able to go in. It's our right exactly. to Baskin Robbins. We like, had a Baskin Robbins, and three doors down, guess what we had? What? A Swenson's. What's that? That's an ice cream store as well. Oh, well, clearly. They need more <laughs> options. They need to go get some moose tracks in the uh, in the grocery store aisles. You'd have liked the uh, gold rush. Oh, like the actual coffee, gold rush? Coffee oh. and chocolate ice cream with like some uh, a topping and whipped cream. Oh, that does sound intriguing. Yeah, it does sound intriguing. I, I don't so drink coffee, but I really like yes. coffee ice cream. Okay, we're in the same yep, boat here. But haagen is typically yes. where I go, but you know... If you're going to take me to a Laguna Beach coffee, adventure. Coffee, ice cream. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tiramisu. I'm a huge fan. Love that dessert. It's a top two yeah. dessert, if not one, other than Moose Tracks ice Do cream, Do you drink of coffee? Course. No. You He's got soda. too much energy. He's way too much soda, but yeah, no coffee. Okay. Bottom five states to live in. West Virginia. New Mexico. No. No. Alabama. No. Louisiana. No. Mississippi. Oh, Sounds your town. Sounds about right. You, you were at the bottom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As usual. Somehow Arkansas is uh, above those five, which doesn't make sense. Arkansas is worse than Mississippi, but. Which of the top 10 quickly would you live in instead of Mississippi or would you go back to Mississippi? All of them. Oh, you would? Oh, I. You're yeah. not going home. No. Sucks. <laughs>